do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. My eyes don't look like that. Try to calm down, Holly Beth. Welcome back to this week's episode of, I must have said the wrong show. <laughs> Welcome back to the second episode of season 12 for Glitter and Gore. I am your host, Kaylee, and this week I am joined by the one and only Erica. Hi, Erica. Hello. How is it going this week? It's going. Oh. I'm glad that, like, we've had that heat break. Yeah. I think that we really needed that because summer was hitting hard. Let me. We tell needed you. the rain. We were in a drought. Yeah. My, oh my god. The grass is crunchy. The way the grass became hay so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. At my parents' house, so crunchy. It was bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I've just been streaming and vlogging and hit one uh, a thousand last week. That's awesome. Sorry, I, was I almost like, said like, one thousand, but I'm like, why am I saying one thousand? Why? I that's just not how I talk. Say, I have one. Just end I have one. one. <laughs> <laughs> I freeze. This is. I freeze. It shuts down. That's the episode. <laughs> it's. I have one. <laughs> you have one. No, I hit a thousand subscribers um, last week, and we're growing and still rocking and rolling. And I have even more now, and I'm super proud of that. So no, that's like, awesome. Congrats. That's that's huge. Oh my god, my voice just went out, and I'm dealing with allergies still. <laughs> well, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, you're allergic to my dogs. So it's okay. I'm allergic to everything. Sure, I'm, I'm at my <laughs> house right now. <laughs> it's not your dogs. It's true. I am just house sitting, so it's not anything exciting. But what I do have is exciting is I do want to talk about New York a little bit more. Yes. And today, I'm going to talk to you about the shows I saw while I was in New York. I'm down. Tell me everything. So the first thing we saw was the Thanksgiving play. Yes. Which had Chris Sullivan in there, who played Benny in Stranger Things season one. Oh, okay. Is better known for his role on This Is Us. And then Darcy Carden is also in that show. And she is known for The Good Place. And Scott Foley, who is in Scream 3 playing Roman, (laughs) is also in it. (laughs) Love it. <laughs> I was very excited to see. And then Katie Finneran was also in it. So it was the four of them. The Thanksgiving play is bonkers. Essentially, what the... is it about? I haven't heard of it. Okay. So the premise is essentially these four adults are trying to get together a play for the Thanksgiving play for an elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Foley's character and Katie's character, they're a couple, and then like Katie's in charge. And then Darcy Carden's character is the actress that they hired because they had a budget for her. And then Chris Sullivan just worked. He's like the historian. And it's just, it's so wild. You're like, okay. And then there's like really funny videos of like already existing like Thanksgiving plays. It's, mm-hmm. but there is one point where it takes a turn. People, the men are shirtless and bloody. And it cool. is just see. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the second time I see, you know, Scott Foley covered in blood. It's becoming his thing. okay well seeing that this is 2023 and scream 3 came out in 2000 (laughs) a little bit different the next night we saw primary trust which is a brand new play that just like premiered it is only running from like may 4th until july 2nd so it's a limited run so it has got william jackson harper is the lead who plays kenneth 
He mm-hmm. is also in The Good Place. Okay. But he was also in Midsummer. Yes. Which I have to say, they made a Midsummer reference in the Thanksgiving play. So it was a really <gasps> weird, like, no way. Full circle That's thing. So cool. And the Thanksgiving play and Primary Trust also make references to Children of the Corn. So it was very oh, strange. Oh, okay. Um, and then Eric Berryman's in it. And then April Mathis is also in it. And then Luke, I don't know how to say your last name, but you were also phenomenal. So it was like just the, oh, and then J.O. Sanders was also in it. So that has a cast oh, okay. of five. And essentially Kenneth, he's with his best friend, Bert, but then you find out that Bert's not real. He's not there. Ah, okay. It, but it's a really compelling story. It's really great. It's kind of like got, Fight Club. But less dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> less violent too. But it's really cool. It's 95 minutes, no intermission, just straight through. You you get sucked into it. You're so invested in what's happening. Definitely. And we got rush tickets. So I only paid $66 total for both of our tickets. Mm-hmm. So like 33 a ticket. Not bad. We got tickets the morning of. It was phenomenal. Now, this is the big one. Are you ready? I'm down. Sweeney freaking Todd. Yes. Sweeney Todd has been my favorite for a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Obviously, Josh Groban, Annalie Ashford, Gaten Maserato, Jordan Fisher, mm-hmm. Ruthie Ann Miles. Like it, they, it's insane. It is a stacked yeah. cast. Um, the Tonys were recently, and they Sweeney Todd won a couple awards for design and lighting and such. But did they? I crashed the night of the Tonys. I was yes. so tired. Yeah, no, no, no. The big winners for the Tonys was some like it hot. Chuck won some stuff. Sweeney won some stuff. Parade was the big winner. But after Sweeney Todd, we did stage tours. So I got to meet everybody but Jordan Fisher, which is very cool. I was not expecting to meet anybody, so let alone everyone. Yeah, it was there very, you go. very cool. Um, Josh Groban was very nice. Annalie Ashford was as lovely. I adore her. So being able to tell her that was huge. And then obviously, Gaten is just the sweetest little bee. Oh, yeah. He is. I mean, obviously, we know I'm a big Stranger Things fan, but that kid is like built for Broadway. Like, Oh yeah. And I say kid, he's he's definitely an adult, but <laughs> right. he's younger than me, so that's why he's a kid. But yeah, no, so that was kind of those are my big those were the big three shows with New York and it was insane. So I was very excited that we were doing Scream Three because I was like, oh, I just saw Scott Foley in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. To jump ahead then, what is your pick of the week? Or do you not my have pick one? Of the week? No, I have one. There's someone inside your house. Stop. I've oh I've recommended this before. I love have, it. Have you read the book? I didn't know there was a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read the book in like 48 hours. I flew through that book. There's also a book I'm reading now called Hostage. Okay. Which is very good. It's based around um a flight attendant, basically on like the longest flight they've attempted. Oh wow. Okay. In a long time. And uh suddenly on the ground her daughter goes missing spooky so the whole thing is she needs to decide if she's going to save everybody on the plane or her daughter Ooh, and i haven't gotten to the part where that's all figured out Mm -hmm. but that's where i'm at right now and i finished stone maidens okay yes you did the week as well stone maidens down to the last line in the epilogue that book is amazing every line is just gold i love that i'm telling you yeah so i i've been recommending it to everybody and, you know, I've definitely, I've recommended both the book and the movie for. I'll have to check out the book. Yeah, it's so good. Like I said, I literally read it in 48 hours. I could not put it down. 
Oh, yeah. My pick of the week is A House on the Bayou. Okay. Which follows a troubled couple and their daughter who go on vacation to an isolated house in in the Louisiana Bayou to reconnect as a family. But when unexpected visitors arrive, the unity starts to unravel. It is a Blumhouse production and it is available on Prime. I've seen it and I haven't watched it yet. So now that I know it's worth it, I got to check it out. The twist Mm -hmm. is satisfying. Okay. That is what I will say. I don't want to spoil it anymore. I I didn't spoil it, but I don't want to give you any more than that. It is, it was unexpected. Yeah. Have you seen um, Jessica? No. From what you're describing, again, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Like more of the swamps of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Marsh, if you will. Really good twist where the whole time you're thinking one person's off their walk- rocker when in reality it's a whole nother like beast. It's crazy. So you got to check it out. Like the first like 10 minutes, I was like, is this worth it? Because we know I have my 20 minute rule. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like the first 10 minutes, I was like, is this worth it? And then the first little indicator happened where I was like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And it's you don't know till like the last 10 minutes. Sure. Of like, like it's it's a good build. It's not mm-hmm. like it's boring to last 10 minutes, but it like drops your jaw the last 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah. It's very good. So I'm ready to jump in because I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about for Scream 3. So I have my notes. <laughs> Scream 3 came out in 2000. It is rated R with an mm-hmm. hour and 36 minute runtime. The logline of the movie is a new film is currently in production and a killer is on the loose. The murders draw a reporter, ex-cop and young woman. We know who they are. Like just say their names. <laughs> <laughs> To the set of a movie inspired by their lives. They soon find out that they are dealing with a trilogy. And in a trilogy, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are talking about Gail, Sidney, and Dewey. <laughs> yeah. like So the movie is starring David Arquette, Mew Campbell, and Courtney Cox. So <laughs> the logline, and that was the better of the two loglines that they had. Mm-hmm. Scream 3 is not a movie that I see in anyone's top Scream movie ever. And you know what? It shouldn't be. <laughs> but it is it's underrated like rewatch it, it i mean i love the scream franchise like i am biased to it fault here like and i know that mm-hmm. i know that so i can say it's the one i don't reach for the most it's the, the one i watch the least mm-hmm. but i'm so pleasantly surprised every time i watch it. i'm like oh yeah this is good even though it's not what you think of a scream movie i will say it's not up to par with the other scream movies but there is a good reason why as explained by I Matthew mean, Lillard. Right. But I mean, but it's also very meta. Like it is a right. world inside of a world. And that is where like with notes, I was like, this getting this is getting a little tricky because this person's supposed to be this person. And oh right. Well, and with with that, what Matthew Lillard said on a panel. Mm-hmm. I saw this. This is how I learned about this. I was like, no way. So I guess the original premise for Scream 3. Yeah. Was that Stu did not die. Mm-hmm. He was alive and he was somehow, I forget how he explained it, but he was somehow raising an army of like serial killers, like through a school. Like he at a high school was training kids to become serial killers. And that was the premise. Well, Columbine. Right. So Wes Craven being sensitive, he decided to scrap the whole thing and 
everybody put together a script. I think Matthew said something within like like six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I still want one where Stu's alive. I think that that's a good premise. Well, I think that's what everyone thought was going to happen with Scream 6. Definitely. That's what I thought. And I I think I remember texting you too. I'm like, Stu's going to be alive. It's going to be Stu. Well, and I mean, they even kind of poke at it in Scream 6 where they're they like- where, the, where there's the TV and they're like, oh, if you still think he's alive and, you know. That's why they're they're like, we're done. But I don't, I don't think that they're done. I. Oh, they're still going to make more. But I think, too, there was the wall that Kirby was looking at of all the suspects. Mm-hmm. And Stu was on there. It said mm-hmm. deceased of this time. So I assumed that there was a body buried or whatever in the plot line and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I want him to still be alive. Mm-hmm. I love Matthew Lillard. He's hilarious. He's the best. I have a lot of admiration for somebody who makes a point at conventions to say, hey, if you have got kids or if you're really anxious and you can't stand on this line, you come to the front first and then everybody else can wait. But let's get you guys out of here. Yeah, he said if you in in another one, too, he said, if you have kids, if you have a medical issue, if you have a sensory disorder or you're neurodivergent, he said the word neurodivergent. He's like, come to the front. I'm like, I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I. That's just, it's great. Yeah. I've never heard a bad encounter with him. I've no, never heard either. a bad encounter. No. All right. So the movie starts off with Cotton as he is driving home and he has got his cell phone and his car phone. <laughs> Too funny. He gets a call that is like, it's essentially Ghostface. It is a Ghostface. It's not essentially, it is Ghostface. And he is racing home to his lady friend because he's like, oh no, he's they're coming after you instead. Mm-hmm. um they both get killed boom that's pretty much it for me that was a finally i'm like oh, really cotton out of here because he serves no purpose any after two well him and sydney cleared the air right but then but for argument's sake he did want to be like he was willing to sell interviews so he wanted to oh obviously i didn't say he was a good person i'm just saying that there's no purpose for him now (laughs) no so my argument here though is that that is closing that chapter because he did he got that closure i guess is where i was going is that is the purpose that it is serving and it's a good way to introduce the hollywood element to it yeah because like you know in in scream 2 they are showing it starts with a scream i mean a stab screening yeah so it's just staying with that theme. So I think that that was just an easy way to get them to the Hollywood setting with Cotton having his show. Yeah, absolutely. Gail is giving a speech about, you know, journalism and this, that, and the other. And then she gets told about Cotton right after. And then it was found with the picture of Sydney's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as that happens with that movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, that is, this is the thing in this movie. I yeah, like, oh, that. I forgot that that was the mm-hmm. whole reason that everybody snapped in the first place was her mom. Yeah. <laughs> so roman is the director of stab three mm-hmm. and he is kind of pushing back at them talking about shutting down stab three because cotton was in the movie he's supposed to be in the movie yeah tyson who's one of the actors he calls back to randy being killed in stab two and i was like <laughs> did you mean i was like i guess because in their world that it would be stab it's not scream yeah but because you know randy was killed in scream too oh yeah <laughs> so it's just interesting that there's like oh no he was killed in this one so because they're insinuating that he's the new randy because his yeah. character works at a movie theater like at a movie store and because those existed still then they dressed so, him similar too yeah. yeah so the cast of stab three is kind of talking about their roles and who they are and what is happening 
Yeah. The girl who's playing Sydney won a contest to be Sydney. So they're saying Which she, like what movie set does that happen? <laughs> um there is a there was a show called Scream Queens and the winner of that won roles on movies. So not the show, but oh, okay. there was a reality show called Scream Queens and they competed to win a role in a horror movie. Oh, see, that's different. I thought that this was like a raffle. That's right. that's where my mind went. Okay. <laughs> no, they have to just to look like her at least. It keeps that's me what a raffle. I'm saying. I'm like, no, no, no. Anybody could have been cast. No, the Scream show. A man could have won. Like <laughs> Scream Queens show, like the reality show, like it is worth going back and watching it. It's pretty crazy because it's a reality show, but they're competing to win a role. One yeah. of the second season, they were competing for a role in Saw Six, maybe. Oh, okay. And then it's so it's the girl who had to um where it was like a pound of flesh, so she she cut off her arm. Yeah. She won Scream Queens her season. Oh, okay. And then she got to come back later because they had that like support group. So she got to come back as her character again. So she got to be in that role twice. Yeah, I don't know why my mind went to raffle. It's so funny. <laughs> Well, because I guess when you hear one, you think of a raffle. You think, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's one of those things where they're saying that she needs the movie to work out the most because this is her one shot at yeah fame. And Parker Posey is my absolute favorite person in this entire movie. Yeah. She plays Jennifer, who is playing Gail. I, anything that Parker Posey is in and she plays this kind of role, I will watch it 10 times over. I... Josie and the Pussycats is one of my favorite movies. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's that such movie a good film so much. And it's just like, it's so it's for our age. It's very iconic. It is. Oh yeah. Man. I, that's how I learned. I had curly hair was because of that movie. <laughs> 100% because I wanted Josie hair. And then we found out that I have curly hair. If you layer it. So. There you go. <laughs> but I wanted Josie hair and I couldn't. So I think that Parker Posey is what really makes this movie because she is just so, she's so good at this. She's so funny. She's very just on the whole time. Like her character, like is such a drama queen. And I love how like at certain times she did overact on purpose. You can tell yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's why it's so good. <clears throat> oh well, yeah. My Gail would have done this. And she's like, I am Gail. <laughs> so we find out that Dewey and Jennifer have a little thing and gail's mad because gail shows up and they're all like close set we don't want press blah 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 uh dewey is the technical advisor for the movie which is a sore point for gail because essentially they uh, broke up because he wouldn't leave woodsboro and yeah. she wanted bigger and better things for herself so she left so that's why she's like extra salty that he's here yeah and it's really funny where he's like oh yeah no filming in here she's like i don't have anything and then he points to her bag and she goes oh you got me this bag <laughs> i remember that she's like it was so you know, good i just i don't know i just put it on i press record before i leave the house it's like just put a perfume. It's so <laughs> funny so tom who is portraying dewey mm-hmm. in step three goes up to gail and is like yeah you know i i think you were totally right when you said pop culture is the politics of the 21st century yeah and i think that's pretty impactful i think that that was great writing for that but then he also kind of calls her out for um the news that she did when he crashed his car and she insinuated it was drinking and driving yeah 
and clearly he was not happy about it and he said you didn't drive here did you it would be terrible if someone messed with your brake line oh yeah i was like oh okay okay then (laughs) i someone is tense (laughs) (laughs) and i have to say one of my favorite cameos in this movie is jay and silent bob I have that written down. <laughs> I have it written down. I'm like, Jay and Silent Bob are in it. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith. I'm so bummed that I missed when they did their like live podcast at the outdoor mm-hmm. last summer. So Sydney has essentially locked herself away. She is going by the name Laura. She is doing like a woman's crisis line. But something breaks through the facade. Yeah, we're not there yet. But the news, she tells her dad it's happening again. And her dad kind of says, like, hey, maybe you should just, like, come home. Yeah. And she said, and he said, you're acting like you don't exist. And then she says the iconic line of, psychos can't kill what they can't find. So true. And I'll state this right now, just get it out of the way. Yeah. I like how this movie deals with mental health. Yeah. As someone with CPTSD, it's so it's well represented mm-hmm. maybe not in the way of like like i know sydney hallucinates at one point or maybe she's like i think she's asleep. dreaming i think yeah. she's dreaming yeah but i couldn't tell if it was a hallucination or if she was dreaming so that's why i said i don't know but sure. it's so true where it's like it's it's something you get asked in therapy when you have cptsd which is what would you do if you encountered this person again or mm-hmm. if you went back to this place again or this or that and the other thing? And in her case, she really does when she goes on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when it all comes back to her. And I think that that was just really well represented. I think it was done very tastefully and it wasn't made for her to look like a loon. Like you can tell right. like oh, yeah. she's just working through it because mm-hmm. she's never actually had the time to work through it. She still doesn't in this movie, but what I'm saying, right. is, <laughs> but what I'm saying um, is, you see the effects of like, yeah, I don't. You don't come out of this unscathed. I don't think she works it all out until her, she writes her book and that comes out in screen four. Absolutely, yeah. Which is literally like eleven years later. Well, and I think that this is the beginning. This movie represents the beginning of her healing. Yeah, totally. And it's like it's the depths of the process mm-hmm. of like acknowledging what happened, and now we're here, and now we have to deal. Right. And I, it was really well represented <clears throat> to where kind of other people around her didn't understand what was going on with her. Right. But people that have dealt with trauma, we're like, yes, mm-hmm. the, I know exactly what's happening right now. She's mm-hmm. not crazy. Right. Th- th- this is real. And so I like that they had that element. So to piggyback off of your point, though, so she <laughs> ends up hallucinating or dreaming. It's she's sleeping and then she's hearing her mom's voice and then. Her mom is apparently at the window and just like, yeah. Sarah, who's playing a character named Candy, mm-hmm. which is played by Jenny McCarthy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. So she is, she's, so she got a call. She's waiting for Roman in his office. She's looking at his music video award. She breaks it. She tries <laughs> taping it back together. It was hilarious. Um, but she breaks it because the phone rings and it scares her. So she picks up the phone. It's Roman. He just wants to go over lines. And then she's really mad about her character. She doesn't like the character. She's like, why am I in the shower? Why Why am I second one? Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and I laughed so hard when she was like, the shower scene's been done. Vertigo. Hello. <laughs> so I'm like, no, it's that's so psycho. It's psycho. It's not vertigo. God. No, just as a as a Hitchcock fan, I was like, that oh, is yeah. hilarious. No, and it just shows that like she's taking herself so seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she but doesn't it's just even like, know one of the most iconic films. You're like, ooh, bad. And then I really appreciated where she kind of calls out. So Roman starts mm. changing the lines where he like says Sarah and she's like, that's not the next line. She goes, oh, is this more rewrites? How am I supposed to learn my lines? Yeah. And like, that's a super real thing in the industry. Like when I was working for a producer, we were doing rewrites like the day before they were shooting. Yeah. And I mean, like we were doing rewrites in our office for them to start shooting the next day. Like it was insane. So I just appreciated that kind of call out for it being like, hey, is it more rewrites? Are you kidding me? I think it was a nice nod to the fact that they scrapped the whole script, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just like, how the hell are we supposed to make a movie if we're changing? Because I'm sure they had that feeling at first where they're like, well, sure. what the fuck? We're on a deadline. Da da da. But, but to piggyback off of that, I like that death specifically because it shows that like people that watch horror movies and go, oh, I would have done this. I would have survived because of this. The whole cast was kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. we're like this is stupid like why is this done why is that done why would i do this why would i do that especially in that scene mm-hmm. she's like this doesn't make any sense people do that all the time with horror movies and they're like i would have lived because i never would have done this and it kind of proves that no you wouldn't because mm-hmm. you don't know because mm-hmm. life is not scripted right so it's right. like you don't know mm-hmm. and i liked that kind of contrast with that so essentially her death is that she is she gets scared so she's hiding and she's hiding in the ghost face stuff and that reveal when ghost face like so first of all security locks are in that's yeah and then when ghost face like steps out from the rack <gasps> and the yes. foot goes and then the knife just like slinks out of the sleeve it was so mm-hmm. clean and then so then she dies and then it cuts to gail and dewey having a little chit chat and yeah. Dewey has put together that he thinks that somebody from the film is trying to find Sydney. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was smart. I took her file. I hit it. They can't find it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Somebody like broke in or something mm-hmm. into uh-huh. Woodsboro. So he was like, nope, I got it out of there. Jennifer now thinks that she is the next one because that's what the script is. But we find out that there's three versions of the script. So we do not know which one the killer has read. Yeah. I. <laughs> So then they do officially end up like like pulling the movie. Yeah. And Roman goes, I have no movie and I'm about to turn 30. I just want to do a fun romance movie. And they said I, I had to do a horror movie first. And it's so funny to me because it's like I'm 30. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just really funny to me. And then usually for what I was taught in film school for screenwriting is you, you, the way to get your foot in the door is a romantic comedy. So yep, <laughs> the yep, fact yep. that they're spinning that to horror is really funny to me. I was taught the same thing. I'm like, I love this. <laughs> I mean, I was my, my, I took romantic screenwriting, romantic comedy screenwriting. And I'm like, I like rom-coms, but I'm not like, that's not something that I'm used to writing. So I really yeah. struggled. I really struggled in that class and I still managed to make my script spooky. <laughs> There you go. I think you told me about that. Yeah, my teacher was not happy. It was fine. He 
but I was like, no, I'm I have followed every single rule. I have just added it's called a loophole, my- sir. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I couldn't get into the horror writing class, so I'm stuck in this class. But it, I mean, it makes sense. It does seem like the easiest way because everybody likes rom coms for the most part. Horror is more yeah. niche. I mean, it's a big it's a big genre, but I think it's it's not like anybody can throw it on like a rom com. Everyone anybody- likes it in October. Ooh, sure, yeah. That's where horror is not niche. Is in October. Yeah. Yep. And then it's niche again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I really thought that that was great. I, mm-hmm. again, as a film kid, that was fantastic. So this is, so then it's after that is when we find, when Sydney gets caught at home by Ghostface and it's her yes. mom's voice coming through. And that is so twisted to me to like use her mom's voice against her, her, her mom, who she lost. Ghostface, it switches, ends up switching to Ghostface. And then she's like, shoot, it's here. Yeah. They found me. So I love that the remaining crew is all inside of Jennifer's house. They are all there and they are all like kind of panicking, like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? What's happening? The cast and Dewey yes, and Gail. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, well, because Gail was snooping outside and security brought her in and was <laughs> like, mm, we already have one. We already have one Gail here. We don't need two. I love that he was in it too. I know. I forget his name, but he is Kronk in the in-person group. <laughs> he, no, he literally has one of the most iconic voices. He yeah. is also... You close Patrick. your eyes, you know exactly who's in that room. Yeah, that's Patrick <laughs> Warburton. Yeah. Yeah, no, he is... <laughs> he is he's iconic. That was great. That's what I loved about this movie is I'm like, okay, all of these, all these actors are totally great. So he ends up snooping in dewey's trailer and he takes a cheap shot at dewey because if he thought it was actually dewey that was really fucked up yeah where he was like oh maybe there's a kill in here don't want you to end up like your sister i'm like that's fucked that and i think that he knew or he didn't know which well, makes it which is what i'm saying up, yeah. like i'm like that's why i'm like that is I'm sorry jesus who says that but again like the i guess maybe the coldness of hollywood yeah but i mean but his security he's not even like I don't know. I just well, I was like, ooh. <laughs> but then you know what? He ends up getting stabbed and killed. So justice served. No. <laughs> and so remember how earlier, I think it was last episode where we talked about the technology in like the 2000s movies. Yep. So when the fax is coming in, <laughs> I was like, this is what's a fax? It was texting, but different. <laughs> it's so funny. So it's a I love that it is a script page. And yeah. they're reading and it's what's happening. And they're like, he's rewriting the movie. Which, I loved that. Again, kind of calls back to what you were saying with them having to rewrite the movie. Anyways. Yeah. So the intended victim being Gail. Next, they have a moment where, you know, he's coming after her. And then doing Gail almost kiss after he saves her. And then Jennifer shows up and goes, excuse me. <laughs> what are you doing? And then so then those two fight and then Gail gets a good hit and she ends up on the ground and Jennifer just goes, my lawyer liked that. <laughs> just Courtney Cox, not as much as I did. It was <laughs> so good. Just the way she's like, my lawyer liked that. <laughs> I, like, I love too. I've written down. I love mm-hmm. that Dewey reads Gail in almost every scene. Yeah. Like just, oh, he's so witty. He's so quick with it. I'm like, Yes please mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then angelina is the actress who won the role of sydney she is mm-hmm. super sketchy the entire time 
she, she just is. like she shows up and they're like why are you coming from that direction she's like i just i don't know i here i am okay ma'am like down to the last minute she's sketchy i know um and then surprise there's another picture of maureen mm-hmm. and then so detective kincaid aka dr mcdreamy aka is he mcdreamy i never watched Ray's anatomy so um patrick dempsey yes <laughs> detective kincaid he's asking he keeps asking for sydney and dewey's like trying to do right and be like no no i don't know where she is i don't know but he ends up getting kind of cornered so he calls her like five times and then oh there she is she walks in and then he's like it's not safe and she goes he found me it's not safe anyways (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) gonna be and i martha 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 (laughs) okay for me i was like okay martha shows up she's 17 she's 17 there's a killer killing people on the movie set but sure let's send a 17 year olds to set i think that she thought that she was safe because she wasn't a part of the originals but but my point like but she's why would, not written into the first movie my argument is why would the parents still let her go that's what i'm saying you know maybe they just lost their kid they're not in the right state of mind maybe that's it it's not so, an excuse so yes but it is probably the reason <laughs> martha is randy's sister and so she has the tape. So I have his um, rules for a trilogy. I will say, before we start, Martha is in screen five as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. And so, well, because it's her kids. Her kids are in yeah. five and six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just like that now that they brought her back. Uh, well, oh, and their yay, whole shrine. They didn't recast. No, like... their whole shrine to oh, Randy. Yeah. So funny. Okay. So he talks about, like, if, if it's another, if I'm here, I didn't make it. And it might be another sequel, but if it's not, it's a rarity, but it could be a trilogy, which brings it back to the beginning. So his three rules for a trilogy is you have a killer who is superhuman. Anyone, including the main character, can die and the past will come back to bite you in the ass. Mm -hmm. That is those were his three rules. And I mean, it's kind of I mean, he's it's so funny when he talks about who he like slept with and then dewey's like really and then he's like yeah and then like i have that written down so funny okay i have that written down because that makes randy the smartest person in screen Mm -hmm. like we know that but i like that this movie reinforced it oh yeah because he's like yes really okay would you shut the fuck up about it Mm -hmm. like he's arguing and he's this was recorded years ago he's already dead like it's crazy and i like that ending that they gave him because he kind of didn't have his final movie rules say that you usually see before he got attacked in two. Mm-hmm. I know that he like kind of went on a little tangent, but not a lot. And yeah. so I like that we had it once more. Oh, yeah. Where it was like, here's the rules. Which, and then I do love that for five and six, they had his niece do it. Yeah. And then, of course, for Scream 4, they have Charlie do it, who has it's no still relation. horror buff yeah yes so um the next cameo that is fantastic in this movie is carrie fisher yes i have her written down i was so excited i was like i love her have you read any of her books i haven't yet i know i need you, to you need to she is i know i need to i'm thinking about listening them on audible sure yeah i did one of them with an audiobook but then the other one i read Gail tries to give her 50 bucks and then Jennifer's like, 50? What? Are you the high school trying to get an interview? Like, what What are you doing? And then she, Jennifer takes off this two grand ring. Yeah. And then, you know, she takes him back and whatnot. And then they find out that John Milton 
did the movies that Maureen was in. So Sydney's mom was an actress. Surprise. Yes. And they figure this out because there is a picture and Dewey's looking at it with Gail and he goes, Jennifer. And she goes, what about Jennifer? And then there's a picture showing it's the same background, just the two different actresses. So they're like, whoa, okay. So they figured it out. So then, so John Milton, find out he's the one who's producing Roman's movie. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Sydney ends up kicking in a bathroom stall and Angelina is there with the mask and cell phone. And she said, I just want a souvenir. I don't know if I'm ever going to act again. Which is like, um. And then she wants to do Sydney proud. And she's like, well, I'm sure you would have. Yeah. This is when Sydney steps into Hollywood Woodsboro. Yeah. As she's in the set, she's attacked and she's, they're using her mom's voice. And it is so chilling when Ghostface like stands up with the sheet with the blood on it and then yes. it's in her mom's voice it is ugh. that terrified me I know it's spooky I don't like that it terrified me when I first I saw mean it. it's it's great but it's spooky and I don't yeah like it. it's um no again that was a scene I was thinking about earlier on the traumatated where she's disassociating on set mm-hmm. and that's why she starts talking to herself and running through the conversations that she had and um I like that it's sort of in one clip, you see all of it and you're almost Mm -hmm. as overwhelmed as she is. Right. Where it's like, here's your house. Here's Stu's house where your best friend died. Here's this. Here's that. Go inside. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and her bedroom light is the only one that's on. Yep. And it's like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And I like that she leaves during the battle scene through the window. Yep. Because that's how Stu came. That's how Stu. (laughs) That's how Loomis came in. Billy? In the first movie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I call I just call him Loomis and uh, sure, sure, sure. Stu. I got into that habit. Oh, but sure. um that's how he came through in the first movie. So that's how she yeah. leaves her house for oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure they assumed that this was the last movie. Which is why it was well, the yeah, big well, deal that it was that, a trilogy. Well, yeah, because Scream Four came eleven years later. Years later, yeah. Literally but, a decade. <laughs> but I like that little like full circle. Yeah. Of like leaving well, to the roof <laughs> i will say that scream 4 was very smart i know some people don't like it and i don't understand it i think i it's, loved it i think it's very smart and i mean i don't know if it's because i was in high school like i was a senior when it came out like i was i graduated yeah. 2011 but i just was like no i think emma roberts was great for it i think mm-hmm. colkin was great i everybody was great yeah it's great casting kirby's one of my favorite characters now <sighs> because of the new one or both. just from okay from i was like yeah from i both. loved her in four i have my two is great in mm-hmm. six as well but so i wish then, i could do my hair like that i can't so we find out that stage name was rena reynolds we find yeah. that out and oh by the way as we're figuring this out it's roman's birthday and he's having a party oh yeah that was weird to me that i was like what? so my only argument for that is that it could be why he was like i'm 30 and i don't have a movie because yeah. he is his birthday he just turned 30 and then there's that yeah. weird pressure that if you haven't accomplished x by whatever year you failed i so love that 30 saying, is the expiration date for humans i'm dead like, excuse you me <laughs> yeah it's like excuse me yeah I, that's not I how people work but that's such a young mentality too oh yeah but the, so i think that that's why they tied the birthday to it so looking at it from that lens where he's like, it's I'm 30, I have no film, and it's my birthday. So it's like he just turned 30 and he was hoping yeah. to at least have this movie and he didn't. And I like that maybe it shows he never fully mentally matured. Yeah. 
like of like oh it's like get get a grip <laughs> i think it was who was it uh clooney he didn't start acting until he was like 40 or something oh there's so many of them that's yeah. uh, there's so many there's i mean there's uh some of them are hitting their stride now it's amazing i love oh, it oh yeah octavia so, spencer hello <laughs> so Dewey and Gail get a call from Sydney, but it's not Sydney about being at Roman's party. And Roman's like, I didn't invite her. What are you doing? So Tyson is the only smart person in the room until he dies, but he is a smart person. He's like, uh, no. no. Tyson then- is gold this entire movie. <laughs> um, then everyone pairs off and they try to find the screening room. And then Roman is with Jennifer. And then they and then Dewey and Gail find out that Ghostface has all of their voices, which is terrifying. But that mm-hmm. also brings up the point of like currently at the day and age we're in now with all this AI, you can have all these AI voices that can say whatever you want them to say. Yeah. So this is just the early version of that. Oh, it definitely it was it was the idea of it mm-hmm. for sure. And now it's happening and it's terrifying. AI stress. So I like bad. stopped going down AI rabbit holes. I can't do it. Oh, no, it's, like, I it, don't need to panic. <laughs> it stresses me out so bad. Yeah. But so Roman ends up dead in the coffin. Dead. Yeah. In the coffin. In the prop and, coffin. Yes. The and Jen- just props. <laughs> Jennifer pops out and is like, oh, my God, is he dead? <laughs> Sorry. Scream. Scream warning. Too late. <laughs> scream. <laughs> scream warning for scream. <laughs> so then there is a secret room and then everyone is essentially being hunted tyson is stabbed jennifer is in a secret area tyson is thrown out the window and you hear him hit the concrete that screwed me up yeah like i was like oh he's in the pool no you hear like cement oh. no you don't usually include it too like that was newer then uh-huh you know that was mm, that was a choice Dewey can't get to jennifer fast enough so then she's dead so she's like behind it's like a two-way mirror the it's two-way a one-way mirrors, mirror it's yeah. a one-way mirror and so she can see him, but he can't see her. So he's just shooting the top of the mirrors, trying to find the right one. And he gets to her too late. And she just threw it, which is, that was a bummer. And during that, I love that she's screaming, no, you can't kill me. I'm the killer in the movie. I'm the killer in the movie. Uh-huh. And she thought that that made her exempt from dying. Yep. Mm-hmm. But as we know, it's been rewritten by the killer. Right. So uh-huh. that's uh-huh. why. So the producer in the movie we find out has been associated with Sydney's mother. She's actually oh, yeah. in three of his movies. And I like that he says, um, I have a lot of actors and actresses come through here. And one of the Gales goes, when they're talking about the movies, he goes, I have a lot of actors and actresses come through here. And one Hundreds, of the Gales, thousands. I, I say, I forget which one of the Gales says it, but she goes, he never said that she was an actress. It was she Gail was Gale. It was Gail yeah. Weathers. And then Jennifer's like, good catch. It's like, yeah, I'm Gail Weathers. <laughs> but I liked that little scene where it's like, it's just that little nod of like, yeah. once we figure out everything we figure out, it's completely full circle. Yep. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Wes Craven does make a cameo in this movie, though. He is the man with the video camera on the studio tour. So he yes, did, he is. He likes to put himself in his movies. And I love that so much. Yes. I love him. I When I was in film school, they were like, oh, who do you want to work with? Like when you graduate, I said, oh, I'd love to work with Wes Craven. And he literally died when I was in college. God. That was so, devastating. Yeah, it was like very end of like literally last semester of college. I was like, this sucks. Thanks. <laughs> um, but then again, I worked for producer Carrie Granite, who produced the first three screams. So I was like, this yeah. is a close second. I'll take it. <laughs> so Sydney is actually at the police station. She's not at this party where they think she is. And yeah. she's going through this file and it's all these news articles about her. And 
this is where Kincaid kind of gets it looks he looks seems a little dark You're kind of like what is he doing mm-hmm. so she ends up so Ghostface calls her and she ends up coaxing her, coaxing her into the house mm-hmm. and then I, the line it's your turn to scream asshole <laughs> <laughs> That I was, was like, good. it is so good. So this is when she gets to the house, Ghostface like tells her she's got to get rid of everything that's on her. And she has a secret piece that she got to still hide. So she brought that in and she shoots him. And then this is where it's it's that superhuman element where or it appears to be superhuman mm. because she shoots him a bunch and he's down and then they like look away and then she, they look back and he's gone. Yes. So that is really where they show it. Obviously, we, we find out later that he has a bulletproof vest on. Right. But Gail and Dewey are tied up. The gun is... We think the gun is empty. Kincaid comes in and they're face to face, gun to gun, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Kincaid looks scary as hell. Like, he legit looks yeah. terrifying. I was like, whoa. Like, I mean, I know who the killer is because I've already seen it. But like in this, I was like, oh, I would not trust him at all. No. Because there was also the tie back later where, you know, Gail had asked Dewey if he had Sydney's name, phone number in his memory. And he's like, in his head, she's like, no, in your phone. yeah i do and then it's like cool who's used the phone he's like just you and you and it was kincaid so that was the other setting him up to be as well and i and i will say fake sydney when she dies still suspicious i know up until the last moment where you're like oh she isn't the killer interesting Mm -hmm. like why is she trying to separate so much i would not be surprised if she was actually the second killer and they just didn't give her that credit yeah maybe because everyone's like roman's the only individual killer and i was like "Mm." Maybe she was on board and they just never, it's just not canon. They never established it, yeah. During the face-off with Kincaid, Ghostface mm-hmm. <laughs> stabs him in the shoulder, essentially. And then Sydney shoots at him one last time and then runs because the gun is actually out that time. But then she ends up in the secret screening room. And this is when the killer's revealed and it is Roman. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it is the guy making the movie. He keeps going. He said, mother this, mother that. And he said his mother was Rena Reynolds. And that Roman, that makes Roman her half-brother. Yes. And I have to say that Maureen is really heartless for what she did. Like, mm-hmm. I, her, the mom is heartless for this. So Roman finds out who his mom is. And he shows up, hoping, arms open. And she shuts the door in his face. And it's just like, you're Rena Reynolds' kid? And she's dead. So... She's only claiming Sydney. I will say that Maureen Prescott is the real villain of the Scream franchise. 100%. Because uh, <laughs> she made everybody crazy. I'm like, God, we need a we need a pre-Scream. A we need, I don't know, we, would, we could call it Gasp <laughs> right before you scream. We just call it Gasp, and it's all about how Maureen Prescott was awful. <laughs> it's, it's called Gasp. Something. <laughs> To make it the prequel. Gasp. That's the prequel to Scream. That's hilarious. That's funny. It's Squeak. Half it's a Scream. Squeak. <laughs> squeak. So Roman is the one who then starts making a film. And then that's where you see the footage of Maureen getting, hooking up with Billy's dad. And then he's yeah. the one who shows Billy and says, look at what's happening. So he's the one who essentially coached them yeah and he said it wasn't really hard just a little bit of convincing and then a little bit of coaching and then there they are and so, i think that was a nod back to the original script too absolutely where they wanted sure. to keep that kind of tied in of somebody's coaching someone yeah absolutely yeah and it's it's one of those where 
it's all so what you learn again going back to one of the rules is you learn mm-hmm. that it is all because of roman because of well really it's all because of maureen but roman yep. is <laughs> roman is she's the catalyst but then he does the path of destruction after yeah like that is his role so then it changes to the narrative of like hero versus villain and it's like yeah. well he's like you're the villain and then milton who's the producer who you know he's like saying it's all your fault it's his fault mm-hmm. because you're mom of this he's saying essentially he's telling i love when the villain explains how he's going to frame the you know the oh other yeah person and roman so ruthlessly heartless just <laughs> and he's and john just is done yeah and, i mean john is pleading he's like any script you want final cut you we'll know make full it funding yeah you know whatever i was just like oh okay like fully funded and i was like wow he's trying right now and he's like i don't even care anymore i just want my half sister dead yeah and so then roman shoots sydney twice and then he thinks he's won but sydney moved just like him and also was wearing <laughs> a bulletproof vest it's in the genetics <laughs> and then it's he's so there's that fun mirror where it's like he's down and then he disappears and then she's down and she disappears and so she calls roman yeah and he's like hello and then she just stabs him from behind yep with the uh ice pick right yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then it gets him and then roman's like i still got to make my movie i still got to make my movie and then she stabs him like in the heart and you're like okay yeah he's done and then there's something i don't even know how to say it but where he where she's like holding his hand at the end and i think that's like a double-edged sword though because it's kind of like part of her is like he can't pull out the knife if i'm holding his hand but also yeah. it's like this is technically her blood like this is her brother that it's she didn't even know she didn't even know he existed until today but you know she's and now she's like and now i've had to kill him it's i think it's too it's the last connection to her mother yeah it's it she's gone now yeah mm-hmm <clears throat> As she should be because well, she's a monster, but well, and Roman makes a point to be like mother's dead. He always says mother doesn't ever say mommy's mother. Yeah. Um very and Norman then of course. Did. Oh yeah. And then, you know, they Dewey's like, Oh, don't forget a superhuman. Don't forget a superhuman. Mm-hmm. Jump back up. And then he jumps back up and then Dewey just keeps shooting him in the chest. And then Cindy's just like, head, head, hit him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> she's like in the head. Which again, that is what happens. And then he's actually dead that time. And it's, gr- I almost said it's great. It's not great, but it's good for the movie. Oh, it's a great scene. It's, it's, it's great. And then we get to the very end. And then Dewey is asking Gail to sign his, her his, a copy of the Woodsboro murder. She's like, you hate this book. She's like, please just do it for me. And, and what's inside? Oh my God. I forget what's inside. An engagement ring. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I've seen so many. I was like, she's always holding a book. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, Kincaid rings inside and he's like, I know this is yes. a terrible idea, but like, why not? Why Why don't we try? And then <laughs> Kincaid is also in the house with his little arm sling and then they're getting to watch a movie. And she's like, what is it? And they're like, oh, well, you'll have to come and see. And then the door, like she closes the door, but then it creaks open and she leaves it. And then the movie's over. And she's healing. <laughs> I, as an adult who have not had people like that, I've not had that much trauma. Mm-hmm. Would still never leave the door open if it was. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Make no mistake. But I think that that's a beautiful visual representation. Yeah. No, I'm somebody who locks the door the second they walk in it. Me. Even <laughs> at home. I mean, yeah. not like 
you know, but I'm, yeah, no, but yeah, the second I'm in uh, any, anytime I go into a home, I'm locking the door and I'm like, second you get in your car, lock the door. Yeah. Yeah. So I am really glad that we revisited this again. It was really fun to see Scott Foley, you know, 23 years earlier than when I saw him in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, this movie, I am glad that we revisited it because it is great. And I think that it just gets brushed under because of all the others absolutely and i will say i'll talk about it now because now we're done discussing the whole film let's talk about the elephant in the room which is who did courtney cox piss off in hair and makeup to get those bangs what's happening who who greenlit that (laughs) yeah that was that's pretty bad and like her eyebrows in the first couple scenes i'm like what's happening what is this why do they look tattooed What's going on? <laughs> but it was um that's what that's probably one of my favorite memes to come out of a screen movie. Is like you're having if you think you're having a bad day, just think about Courtney Cox and her bangs in Scream 3, and it's her tweeting a response of what the fuck? <laughs> like it's the best meme. Nerdist posted an article with Courtney Cox and Drew Barrymore when Drew when Drew Barrymore interviewed her. And she'd said that for each installment, she had opted for a new look, one that felt just over the top gross or ugly or too much, with the bangs, of course, ranking as her worst look. That was a big lesson in life because that is that will forever be on film. Yep, that part. Okay, so that was an active choice that she made. Interesting. Well, <laughs> and then David Arquette has apparently taken the blame because the fringe <laughs> worn by Gil Weathers is short, very short. And he revealed that the look was inspired by 1950s pinup Betty Page yes and no because that's not what they look like but he said he said the bangs are his fault (laughs) absolutely they're a little bit longer in the 50s and they look good but Uh, yes i see some people with them now and and like you have to really have the face to pull it off and courtney cox is beautiful oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's not the look for her no so yeah that is scream three Yes, love it. And the next two episodes, we are diving into the crazy worlds of Ryan Murphy's brain. That is American Horror Story. All of it. So next week, we are going to talk about seasons one through five. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, that's interesting. We're starting with the next episode with season six um, through ten. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's just it's interesting. There's 11. Oh, then 11, whatever. Yeah. It's say, wait, there's 11. <laughs> or we could do one through six and then six through American Horror Stories. Yeah, we could do that. We'll do that. Okay. Okay. So next week, <laughs> you can hear about the first six seasons of American Horror Story. We're going to see how it goes. I'm gonna, we're going to try to keep each season to like 10 minutes, but yes. we'll see. <laughs> should, I was going to say we should rank personally, just have a list of like what we think are the best seasons personally. Yeah. Also go in chronological order, but we should sure oh i love that okay <laughs> but in the meantime erica where can the listeners find you you can find me on instagram twitch twitter and youtube uh under erica is odd e-r-i-k-a is odd so i was looking something off screen this way I no it's i'm like scratching my ear you're fine <laughs> that's where you can find me and then you can find me kaylee across all social media at your girl k jen and if you want to hear more of me you can head over to You Good With KJ, where Erica has been on as a guest. I had Jason Tardick last week, and John Thrasher is the one this week. He is 
from the podcast Shaken and Disturbed and formerly Martinis and Murder. So he's got a really cool career also in true crime. But yeah, that is where I will be over there. But in the meantime, keep it glittery and keep it gory. Bye. Bye.